0: Then mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes, Lord, I do all I can to be acceptable in your great plan, Father. Touch our lives today. We pray, Lord. I pray I'm willing to be changed. Search my heart. I'm here. can't use Oh, give me a new star Yes, Lord I'll do all I can
1: To be acceptable in
0: your great plan Search me, Lord, I pray I'm willing to be Touch my heart, I'm here to be a part, if this vessel you can't use, please give me a new start, Lord, oh yes, Lord, touch my life, touch my heart, touch my mind. Father, yes, Father, yes, Father. Lord, I pray. I'm willing to be changed. Lord, search my heart. Yes, Lord. Be a working part. If this vessel you can.
1: Join me in prayer, Father. This morning, once again, we appreciate your working in our lives. We appreciate, Lord, the, the fact that your Spirit can search our hearts. And when we fail to measure up to the standards, we ask, Lord, that you give us a brand new start. Lord, we want to be willing, we want to be worthy. And it's not by human might, nor human genius, and human efforts, Father but it's by your spirit. And so if ever there was a time, Lord, that we need your spirit, it is in these days. Please help us, we pray, Father. In Jesus' name, we ask your blessing on this service. Amen and amen and amen. Well, we're glad to be back with you this Saturday morning. And I've got Brother John here with me today, and I ask him to say a few words to you. He'll be coming up. Brother John was the person the Lord used in starting this starting this work here in Canada, and um, we appreciate the years and you 've heard that testimony so many times how God touched him, brought him to the fellowship and I'm glad that after all of these years he's still a part of this assembly. Amen. Praise the Lord for Brother John. God bless you, Brother John. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. amen, 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 amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. appreciate these words from Brother John, and while Nadine is getting ready to settle down herself in a pew, I'm going to ask her to move on back to the piano, and we'll sing, I need more of your spirit a few times. And um, may the Lord grant us, in reality, more of his spirit it's, um, <clears throat> Zerubbabel uh, was told by the Lord that it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And it's, it's okay uh, to want to, de- to, to have a desire in our hearts to want God's spirit. So as we get ready, let's sing this chorus, and let it be a prayer from our hearts—not just an emotional outburst of desire, but a sincere prayer from our hearts as we sing this chorus. I need more
0: and need more, more of Your power. Oh. Lord, this Mary. Yeah
1: the Lord. Indeed, we need more, not just more of his spirit, but more of his genuine spirit, the genuine Holy Ghost that uh, is required in our lives to bring us to maturity. I'm thinking of the Apostle Paul as we're singing this chorus, and let me see here in Philippians Uh, In Philippians, Paul declares um, his confidence in what was working in his life. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul is writing, of course, there's so many things that Paul said in Philippians. Uh, He said in chapter 2, his desire that let this mind be in you, the mindset, the thinking of Christ, the thought pattern of Christ, being you, which was uh, being you, the saints in in Philippi, which was also in Christ Jesus, uh, a mind of humility. It says, uh, he made himself, verse 7, chapter 2, of no repetition. Uh, He emptied himself, the margin said, of his repetition, of his great glory and power, and took upon him the form of a servant. It is so beautiful to understand what Jesus was like. Uh, he didn't take on him the form of a Lord. He took on him the form of a servant. And, uh, and was made in the likeness of sinful flesh. And became obedient even unto death. Uh, verse 8 tells us. Yet in here in, in chapter 3. Paul is describing his position. An outward manifestation of his position, and I'm sure, he meant a lot of things here in in verse uh, chapter three and verse uh, verse. Uh, hey, let's see here, verse uh, three. Uh, first of all, he said in verse two, "Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision." And here Paul was a little bit blunt. Sometimes I find myself a little bit blunt. Not that I'm like Paul. I'm so far from being like Paul, but he said, he says, beware of dogs. He was talking not of four-legged dogs, but two-legged dogs. Individuals that were spreading a gospel contrary to God. The early church had an attitude against misconceptions of God. And then he goes on here, he says, um, he says beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, He says, for we, the circumcision, which worship God in the spirit. And now he's not only a circumcised Jew, but he says we worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Now today, for a little bit, I'll be talking, talking somewhat about the flesh. And I want to say up front that the flesh, I have my finger here in Romans 8, and I've got my finger in Philippians, the third chapter. We should have no confidence in the flesh because Paul says in Romans 8, that which is in the flesh cannot please God. Are uh, You sitting down listening to me with a fleshly mind, you can't please God. Uh, you're in church and you sing in the flesh with the music. Motivating the flesh and all of that. If you're a carnal, you cannot please God. If you're preaching in the flesh and all you're doing is trying to form, uh, follow the pattern of an ungodly uh, religious society, you cannot please God. If you're testifying and your testimony is in the flesh, you cannot please God. If you're writing, uh, book. If you're putting a book together and all you're thinking of is personal glory and personal accomplishment, uh, you cannot please God. Whatever we do, we can't do it just with a fleshly motivation. Now, we're human beings and we are in the flesh. Physically, we walk in the flesh. But a child of God uh, must have this connection with God where he does not think like a carnal human mind. And so Paul is saying here, he says in verse 4, he says, I've got a lot that I can boast of. He says, though I might have, also have confidence in the flesh that there are things I can boast on. You might have, you might look good. You might be a good-looking person and you want to boast in that. Uh, He says, you might have a good education and you might want to boast in that. You might be trained uh, in an institution that teach you how to be eloquent and you can boast in that you might have degrees you want to boast in or whatever you want to boast in but Paul says though I might have confidence in the flesh I had some of these things said, if any man thinketh that he had whereof he might trust in the flesh he says well <clears throat> I'm not just young, some young upstart that uh, has nothing he says I have a lot I've had a lot and uh, when it comes to understanding the flesh and the fleshly manifestations, Paul had a lot. And if you're listening to me today, and you're all full of knowledge and information and you're all up there, when you start to listen to this this service today, put all of that outside and just humble yourself and listen to me. Humble yourself. you come full, you will leave empty. you come exalted. You would leave abased in the sense that God would not give you what you really desire. And so Paul, this Pharisee, this man, is going to tell you a bit about himself here. And this is what he's about to say a lot of us would want to accomplish. Let's find out. He says, though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any man thinketh that he have whereof he might trust in the flesh, I got more. He says, listen to me. I was circumcised the eighth day. He was a real, genuine Jew. Uh, He says, of the stock of Israel. Listen to the phrases, the terminologies he uses. Very strong. He says, of the tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew, not a regular Hebrew. He says, a choice Hebrew. A Hebrew of the Hebrews. He says, concerning the... Mosaic law the commandments of God he says as concerning the mosaic law and the principles that were required in my period of time I was a Pharisee see the Pharisee was there and the Sadducee were there and the Essenes and all kinds of little sects were there S-E-C-T-S they were there Paul says I was a Pharisee you know we have a tendency because Jesus called the Pharisees hypocrites To think that everything that came uh, along with the Pharisee movement were hypocrites. Not so. Here is a Pharisee. Let's find out what he was. He says, concerning zeal, I was not a deadbeat. I was busy about the work of God. He said, I was busy, a busy Pharisee. Concerning zeal, I came against that which I did not believe in. He says, I persecuted the church. He says, touching the righteousness which is in the law uh, concerning the commandments and all that is required, the, the moral and ceremonial law during that period of time. Paul said, I was blameless. He, when you look at this man and you see him walking down the street, you can know he was a Pharisee. He was blameless. When it comes to Sabbath keeping, he was blameless. When it comes to all kinds of ceremonial aspects of the law, he was blameless. And he was so proud of it. I mean, you have to be proud. If you're a renowned Pharisee, it's so much that the leaders of that time look to you with respect. Uh, you can demand something of them, like he demanded uh, letters to go and persecute the Christians in, in uh, Damascus, and they give him those letters. He had to be qualified. He says... Uh, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is in the law, he says, blameless. And then he goes on to tell you, he says, what were, things were gained to me, what made me, people respect me and honor me, what made me have the kind of credibility that a person would want in the present religious society. He says, I had that. But what were gained to me, I had to give up when I met Jesus. When I met Jesus, when I met Jesus on the road to Damascus, he converted, or started a conversion process. It is sad that a man like Paul that gave up what he had as a Pharisee, and God had to empty him of all the Pharisaic, hypocritical stuff that he did. God had to empty him of that. It is sad that some of us today that wants to be in the ministry are pursuing what Paul gave up. And he goes on here, he says, He says, what things were gained to me, all this that I mentioned before, those I counted lost. For what? For Christ. You see, he did not, uh, like Peter and James and John that Jesus met, and he says, if any man will be my disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. When Jesus said that, I don't think Peter understood what he meant because the cross was not a main focus at that time. But what Jesus meant is, if you're going to follow me, Peter, you have to give up your personal ambition, give up the things you hold dear into your life. Uh, You have to die to the personal ambition and some of these things that God can't use. And then you die, take up your cross, take up this form of spiritual dying to carnal things, and follow me. See, I can read that in Revelation. These are they which follow the Lamb. Anyone that has pursued a true discipleship to its mag- maximum will be a part of the bride of Christ. And Paul went on, he says, I count it loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things, all things, But loss for the excellency of the Lord, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I suffered. It was not easy to give up some of these things that Paul had in his life. It was not easy to give up the credibility and the popularity that came with it. You see, when you decide to be a true disciple, And a part of what makes discipleship effective is rejection in the popular society that you live in. When you preach the truth, Jesus says, Woe unto you when all men speak good of you. When everybody loves you for what you preach, you you might want to examine yourself because you might be the biggest hypocrite in town. But Paul says, I suffered. It was not easy, but I had to give it up. It was not easy reaching into my library and eliminating all of this, these bottles of of spiritual vodka and wine that they had here. I had to give them up. It was not easy. It took years to have all of this big old library, and I had to give them up. Paul had to give up his friends. He had to give up the pomp and glory that came with being a renowned Pharisee. He says, I counted all but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things. And do count them but human dung. In other words, he says, I had to flush them, spiritually speaking. I had not to hang it on my wall. I had to get rid of it. What you and I today want to hang on our walls... Uh, Paul flushed. Now, can someone go and take, get a certificate of, of a the, theological degree and hang it on the wall and call themselves whatever? Anyone can do anything. There's a room and place for all of that in society. But if you want to be a true disciple of Christ, you've got to give up some of these things. And Paul is telling you that he is giving up all of these things And he's suffering the loss of all things And he's flushing them And he says, and being and be found in him Not having my own righteousness My own self-righteousness You know, that's the problem with Pharisees God tell you how to dress God tell you, if you don't come a certain way You're not accepted Uh, Well, this Sabbath day Your ox fall into the ditch Though you can't pull him out Because he need to die there Because today's the Sabbath And some of these things brainwashed the society, the Jewish society, that they could not go any other way but that which they were brainwashed to follow. Paul says, I give them all up. And I suffer the loss of these things that I can follow Christ. Not developing my own self-righteousness. I think that word in there should be included, self-righteousness. My own righteousness is called self-righteousness, which is of the law, not the moral law of God, the ceremonial law of God, uh, God, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith. He said there is a righteousness... That I must received of God, because by myself I can do not do this and not do that and not do the other. But inside there's lacking a conversion. That is why I told you when we are reading uh, that scripture in Ephesians six, that one of the first things we have to come into reality with, if we're to uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, is putting on the helmet of salvation. If a person is not genuinely converted, I don't mean a person come to the altar and repeat a sinner prayer. I mean a person comes to the altar after he's deep and inwardly convicted, not just motivated by the preacher. See, a preacher is not a religious salesman. We don't market Christ. We don't market salvation. Repentance comes after deep contrition. Where a person is sorry for their life. And they come before the Lord and ask him to cleanse them starting from within. Otherwise I'm going to put on the white shirt. Put on the granny's knot on my head. Put on all the religious paraphernalia. Look like a Pharisee. Dress like a Pharisee. Talk like a Pharisee. Worship like a Pharisee. But if the heart is not changed. It's all in futility. The flesh... Cannot please God. And until the spirit starts to quicken inside. And I'm starting to walk in the spirit. I I would only fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now with all of this that Paul said he was involved in. Here is what he said. He says uh, verse 10. That I may know him. I want to know Jesus. I want to experience him. You see I know the prime minister by name. But I don't know the prime minister. A lot of us know Jesus by name, but we have not encountered Jesus in our personal life. I pray that the day would come when my relationship with Jesus holds priority to my relationship with anyone else. Oh, the Lord has led us many a times. This building we are in was because God led us by a dream. And everything was fulfilled according to his plan. We would have gone broke and bankrupt. The Lord led us and showed me dreams, give me dreams. Uh, Oftentimes, I'll know who will backslide because of a dream that God gave me. Oftentimes, I see someone is almost backslidden and I have a dream that they will not backslide. And I know that because God has led us. But it would be nice if, like Paul, I could say the Lord spoke to me last night. And told me. I'm not talking about some makeup stuff. Goose bump that you have after eating pizza late night. I'm talking a genuine experience with the Lord. And Paul says with all of this. That I might know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering. Being made confirmable unto his death. His, his natural death. I'm dying. I'm following him. And as he died. Uh, uh, to the natural world. And the desires Uh, the the wants and desires of the world. He never lusted, but there were things as a human being that he had to sacrifice. Paul says, I might have the same. He says, if by any means... I wish I could say that, and I'm about saying that. If by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead... It's not human means. It's not human mechanics. It's not apostate religion. It's not religious practices that everybody else is doing. It's a conversion, helmet of salvation. And if that happens, it will result into the breastplate of righteousness. If I'm putting on a fake conversion... I will put on a fake breastplate of righteousness and the devil would cause me to do that and I'll be defeated before it's all over. Now follow me here. Paul says, uh, he says, um, that I might know him in the fellowship, uh, the power of his resurrection and fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. When you think you just want to reign in this world right now, come on my friend. Learn to suffer as Jesus suffered. There is glory in suffering. There is maturity developed in suffering. There's a lot that God has. He does not. He's not just the saddest that want to punish his people. But self-denial brings you stronger in your relationship with God. And Paul went on here. He says, not as though I have already attained. Hold on, Paul. With all of that religious activity there, I thought you already reached a apex but all of these you are boasting in you are you saying you have not yet attained he says not as though I had already attained either were already perfect but what are you doing Paul he says I follow after that I may take a whole apprehend that which the Lord has apprehended me for so here is a man imperfect at this point in time not reaching to that place where not only the outward manifestation of religion is manifested, but a deep inward work of Christ and experiencing Christ on the inside that I might know him and the power of his spiritual resurrection. First of all, he quickens me who was dead in trespasses and sin, and then I can await for the literal resurrection to come in the future. Here was a man that boasted Yet he had not yet attained. Don't glory in the flesh. And Paul here in chapter 8 of Romans. After he went through uh, chapter 7. And tell you how wonderful the commandments. The moral laws of God. We're not talking about candles. And we're talking about burning incense. And slaying lambs. We're talking about the moral laws of God. That God gave to Moses. on, uh, On Mount Sinai. And uh, the law is holy. Chapter 7 says, And the commandment which was ordained to life I found unto death. Why? Because of what was working in me. The commandment was good. Verse uh, 12. He says, um, he says, Wherefore the law is holy. God's moral law is holy. And the commandment is uh, holy. The law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. Uh, so when we look in, at, at the commandments of God, the law was not meant to keep you into bondage. It was meant to free you from that which results after disobedience to God's moral laws. He says, for we know, uh, verse 14, that the law is spiritual, but what, where's the carnal? I am the carnal man. You see, if I don't have a genuine experience, I can sing, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And I'm still full of the flesh and carnal mind. The carnal mind or the fleshly mind cannot please God. And that is why I try to take my time and tell individuals, you're following me, get your minds ready. Don't be quick, quick and busy body while this, this streaming is going on. Sit yourself down and calm down. And let your heart listen more than your ears. Calm yourself down. And let the Holy Ghost touch your mind. If you're busy touching your own mind, the Holy Ghost would never touch you. You would come full and you're leaving empty. And then Paul went on here, because of his carnal mind, he says, verse 22, he says, I delight in the law of God after the inward man. He says, I know My deep desire is to serve God He says But I see another law working in my members Warring against the law of my mind What is working here? There's all kinds of law here He talks about the law of God He talks about the law in my members He talks about the law of sin And he talks about the law of my mind And there is a battle here Because this man His process of conversion There was this battle Spiritual battle And he goes on to say here, he says, I see another law in my member, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. I want to do good, Lord. And I said, I'm not going to do this anymore, this wrong thing, and I end up and do it again. And you know, when the disciples asked Jesus, how many times should they forgive a man if he transgresses? The Lord, they said, seven times. He says, no, 70 times seven. Now, the Lord would not tell us to do something he's not willing to do himself. And that is why I'm still alive today preaching to you. If it was only seven times, I'd be dead 70 years ago. I'm glad that it's not only seven times. But I slip and I fall. And there are things, like I said in one of the services, that are stuck to me like crazy glue. And I pray. Paul prayed three times and fasted, and the Lord says, The thorn in the flesh is given for his own humility to keep him humble. I prayed many a times for situations that I battle with. And it's still there, and God is merciful and he has helped me. I'm not where I was. Ten years ago. I'm not where I was five years ago. I'm not where I was at the commencement of COVID-19. I hope you're moving ahead spiritually. Not talking, but moving, living. In prison, they have a talk. In prison, it says, walking the walk. Not just talking the talk, but it says, walking the walk. You got to walk what you're promoting and Paul went on here, he says, O wretched man, he says, O wretched man that I am, if you have problems that are hindering you, say the same thing, Oh wretched man or woman that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He says, I thank God. Here's a beautiful thing. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. And this war is going on there. And it never ceases completely until God takes your life. Now, I would think, even when Paul says, I'm now ready to be offered in his last letter that he wrote, he says, I'm now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. You would think he has reached to that apex. And I think he has, he reached as far as God wanted him to reach. But you know, he says, Asia has, all Asia has forsaken me. At my first answer, no man stood with me. He said, Luke is with me. And he writes to Timothy, he says, bring the parchments and the book. This was the last letter Paul ever wrote. And then something came up in his mind. He says, you know, this guy, Alexander the Cobb he did me much evil. May God please forgive him. He didn't say that. He says, may God uh, deal with him accordingly. See, that little feeling is there. Same thing is in all of us. And you'll come to the place where maybe just one little element is sitting there that God will eliminate before you pass out from this life. And so Paul is saying, I have a problem here. He says, "Verse eight, chapter 8, he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit." He says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. See, when the Holy Ghost comes into your life, it makes a difference. So what God did in order to help us, here is what God did. For it says, what the law, Moses' law, the moral law could not do in that it was weak because of my flesh, God sending his son Jesus 2,000 years ago to live above sin. To conquer sin To defeat the temptations of the devil That when he died And went back into his father's presence He could send that spirit Of an overcomer That comes into my life and justifies me And brings me that additional strength I need to conquer this flesh But it's not going to be happening like hocus pocus You still have to yield to the spirit Before you get help And so I'm bringing this lesson to a close. Paul says, for what the law could not do. God sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, condemn sin in the flesh. Why? That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Well, hocus pocus. It's fulfilled. No, no, no. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The flesh cannot please God. You sing in the flesh, you cannot please God. You preach in the flesh, you cannot please God. You you testify in the flesh, you cannot please God. You worship in the flesh, cannot please God because the flesh attracts demons. I want two more minutes of your time. Uh, Paul went on here. He said in verse 5, "...they that are in the flesh do mind the things of the flesh." But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death. So when we come on into church, if the band never prayed before they played, and the music we are playing is all in the flesh to motivate a traditional habit of religious hypocrisy, if what we are doing is not in the Spirit, but in the flesh, we cannot please God. And when you cannot please God, you will please the devil. And tomorrow, if the Lord helps us, we will talk about pleasing the devil and following satanic ways. But the flesh cannot please God. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. For 7, because the carnal mind makes you an enemy of God. So you can come and say, Brother is streaming, let me follow there. And you come carnal, you haven't prayed for the month, and you want to sit down and listen to this, and your mind is not spiritual, but you're busy, busy, busy. Settle yourself down and get saved. The carnal mind cannot please God. And the devil has provided all kinds of paraphernalia and equipment to make your mind carnal. And to promote your own self-righteousness and your own ego. We leave it there. One more verse and then we stop. It says, So then, are Verse 8. So then, read it aloud if you're there. So then, they that are in the flesh, Whether singing or preaching or testifying or dancing or doing whatever. If you're in the flesh... You please yourself and you please the devil, you cannot please God. They that are in the flesh would please everything else except God and God's Spirit. The devil has so orchestrated his operation that he now gets into churches and let them believe they're singing in the Spirit and worshipping in the Spirit and preaching and operating in the Spirit when really they're doing that in the flesh. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this, another day in your house. Lord, we need more of your spirit. More of your spirit that can help us. Your genuine Holy Ghost, Father. Please, we ask. As human beings, we're depraved. We're fallen. We're unable. Our minds, our hearts want to serve the Lord, but the flesh drags us down. May we have the spirit of your Son, resident in our lives, that helps us to become overcomers, that we might please you in all things, that we might walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Help us, we pray. May these words challenge our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.